back into the Great Scott Show on a Thursday. We have made it to September. Football is upon us. Yeah, I usually come out of breaks playing Beastie Boys, but I wanted to throw in a little Cupid there for you. Keep it local because we're keeping it local right now with our next guest, my friend, sports director of KTC TV3. You all know him, Seth Lewis. Joins me this morning on the show. Good morning, my friend. How's life? Another football season is here. How you feeling about it? Good morning, Scott. Man, football is here. Football is on the horizon. It's uh, it's always exciting, man. Like this is with every football season, you go through different stages, and this is definitely uh, the honeymoon stage <laughs> with, with football. You know what I mean? Like it, it's um. It's been approaching. Not to mention, too, you've been talking about it for so long, and you're just like uh, just ready for the game. ready for it just to finally happen, time. right? I guess that yeah. if we're sticking with the comparison, it's uh, man, like when the wedding is approaching, like you've just been waiting and waiting, and finally it just happens, right? And then there's a portion in the middle where you're like, man, this is this is tough. Like physically, obviously not as tough as uh, you know those that are playing, but um, but just. It can be a lot, and then by the time it's almost over, you're like, don't go. <laughs> so, uh, but it's every season. It's, it's even especially, man, I, I've just been really, really anticipating it on all sides. Well, yeah, just the excitement around, you know, let, I, I wanted to have you on, Seth, because, you know, I've I've been talking a ton about the Saints, a ton about you, Well, I've been talking somewhat about LSU. I I have kind of, neglected the high school football side of things. And, and I, I don't mean to, you know, I know we had jamborees already, but like this, you know, you, you guys coverage and everything y'all do every Friday night. And, um, you know, we update scores, we air games obviously. And, and, and we've got games again this year in the building, but I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on throw out a few teams to me, Seth, that are intriguing to you and, you know, in covering, doing your, I know we can't name every local school, I get it, but, sure. you know, in the work that you and Megan and Jamarcus did after kind of getting over there, visiting with the coaches, seeing practice, who who are a couple of the more intriguing teams this year in high school football around Acadiana that, that have piqued your interest? Well, to be honest, I think outside of, like, teams, and I can give you teams, but I think the thing that, has been most intriguing to me high school football really with just about everything has changed right like every every as far as the you know ul lsu saints they've all gone through changes at the very least with coaching and then obviously with other stuff and in high school those changes that to me are the most intriguing things to watch and some of them don't even come into play until later is you know, like uh, so many teams being moved into select, for example, right? So, um, like that doesn't come into effect until you're talking playoffs. But, I mean, now every team in Lafayette Parish is going to be a select school. Southside is a, uh, is a appealing that. But, like, how does Acadiana fare in something like that? Uh, how does Southside, if they're uh, in that, fare in something like that? Um, you know, those are some of the things that's maybe the most interesting to me as far as like upcoming in the, in the season, not to mention too, that um, there's a possibility that, you know, St. Thomas Moore can go from playing in division two to division one. 
um, based on the upcoming um, board meetings when it comes to the LHSA. So, but as far as teams, to, to give you some teams, and it's going to be some of the usual suspects like um, St. Thomas Moore. They should be really good. Um, you know, when uh, Walker Howard got hurt last year, obviously that wasn't good for them, but there was a blessing in disguise that may have come out of it, and that's the fact that, you know, their quarterback Sam Maltman and Will Taylor got four or five games of experience um, during that. And so, like, when they step into those Friday Night Lights, like, it's not going to be something that is, like, a first time for them or too big for them. Like, they understand what the situation is. Not to mention that, you know, they won some big um, district games. The only game I believe they lost while Walker was out was against Westgate, you know, the state champs in 4A. And that brings me to the next person, which would be Westgate. You know, um, they lose essentially both of their quarterbacks, and yet, like, they return a ton of talent, you know, um, a good 17 starters returning or something of that nature, uh, or at least people of experience. And um, even though you lose some key guys, I mean, you still got some really, really good talent. The number two player in the state, Derek Williams, who's headed to Texas. You're talking about a Dedrick Latchelis, who is going to uh, Louisiana Tech, um, and Amaz Eugene, um, who, you know, was made a lot of plays for them. And so, you know, there's a, a, a ton there. Um, that district, you know, talk about another thing I'm, I'm really interested in. You know, I've mentioned two teams from District 4-4A already, and that district, you'd be hard to find a tougher district in the state because in that district alone, you have STM and Westgate and Turling, and now you add Lafayette Christian to that district. And so um, that is just uh, – and, of course, Lafayette Christian would, would count for teams to look for too. So you've got three teams in one district that I think – can all contend for state championships, STM and LTA in Division Two, Westgate in 4A. And then, I, you know, uh, I think Turlins, man, it, they're, they're close to putting something together as well. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's what I'm looking at when it comes to the high school football season. Um, Karen Crow moving into 5A I think is also very interesting. And they had a 5-7 and seven record last year. That's not something – uh, that uh, is going to sit well in there. That won't be – they won't have a repeat of that, especially with Chance Caesar uh, coming back at quarterback. So I'm interested in that. And, um, you know, I don't know as far as their contender status. Like, I, I do think uh, that they have a lot of talent. Um, and, of course, Acadiana, uh, when it comes to division uh, – and well, Karen Crow, too. They'll both be hopping into division one. Um It'll be interesting to see how they navigate those waters, kind of as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, guest ESPN Live. He had the best ticket in sports. It's just all all of the storylines of where they could be and where this is going. I mean, we have so much. Fo- we we focus a lot, Seth, on NIL and uh, and and how it's shaken up college sports. But really, you know, nothing has has changed and evolved more when it comes to football, at least in our area, than high school football. I mean, that thing, if we just go back 10 years ago and how different it is today, 
it makes me wonder what it's all going to look like in like five years, man. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say it's unrecognizable because we followed it step by step, but you know, I, I know I'm kind of becoming that old guy in the room that's like, man, I kind of just like it the way it used to be. I just prefer it that way. I mean, call me crazy. Yeah, I think, um, especially referring to the fl- to the split. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you in talking to coaches, there's a lot, you know, because we do our, our KTC um, media media days, and you know. Usually when I'm talking to teams, asking them questions, it's a lot of simple stuff early on, like, you know, just, hey, say and spell your name, what was your record, what district were you in? And I had to uh, add a twist, uh, at least for the first couple of days, um, until I really started to learn it, which was, are you a select team or a non-select team? <laughs> you know, like I really had to, I had to ask that because I just wasn't sure how many teams uh, had moved over into select and, you know, it got a good chuckle out of a couple of the coaches, but they just, there were a lot of people that said, I think it's time to put it back together. And that was from both sides. Honestly, that was from the select and non-select side, uh, coaches saying, yeah, it's probably about time. Like the fact that that's even a thing, that's even a question of, are you select or non-select? It's it's about time to put it back together, and um, you know, like I, I I think I don't know what the right word is. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there was good intention with it. I don't know if I was ever a fan, but um, but yeah, I mean the the nature of anyone is the best one to play against the best. Period. You know, they schedule regular season games against teams from, like, Acadiana will schedule Catholic of Baton Rouge because the best want to play against the best. Like, they're not looking, uh, shying away from that. I mean, Acadiana, in part, is going to be a contender in Division One because of their attitude, because they are excited about a new path in uh, in Division One. They're like, hey, you know, they're looking at it like, man, like, we, we get to go into this bracket now and potentially win it all, and we can be one of the first teams to win a non-select and select championship because the best want to play the best. And so, uh, and it doesn't matter, private, public, doesn't matter. There's, there's no excuses are going to be uh, given. And so um, it's just, uh, like I said, it, it's tough um, because you want to see that. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's nearing its end. We'll see. I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too confident, but, um, but maybe sooner rather than later, uh, Humpty Dumpty gets put back together again. Yeah, I, I, I but who knows what Humpty Dumpty is going to look like? That's a lot of reconstructive surgery when all is said and done. Man. Absolutely. Seth Lewis, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, best ticketed sports. We're gonna uh, shift gears now. I want to talk Saints with you in a little bit, but on the college side of things, let's start with LSU. What is your expectation for Brian Kelly year one, realistically? I think realistically, um, so I'll give you a, uh, just a, a character trait, and then I'll give you a record. I think character-wise, you just want this team to be organized, let's call it. You know what I mean? Like you, you want them to be 
building towards better. You know what I mean? Because, like, you can hear all of the alignment uh, talk at the beginning, and you can you can hear about, you know, this, these different structures. But the fact of the matter is, like, it's going to take time, right? Like, I think my analogy has been, especially when it goes to you go from Coach O to uh, Brian Kelly, and this goes to playing, recruiting, whatever. You don't go – from like Buddha and Jambalaya to Seer Duck and just expect for your palate to adjust right away. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference in that. And so it's going to take time for those things to materialize. It's going to take time for it to look maybe exactly how he wants it to. But, you know, if this team, I don't know, wins eight, nine games, that's a really good year. I think for all of the different changes um, that have taken place. You know, I know Vegas has the over-under at, like, six and a half, seven, depending on the uh, on the site. And, you know, I feel like if they win six games, that's probably a disappointment. If they win seven games, that's probably – that would be my floor for this team. And then once you start getting into eight and nine, I think it, you know – things can get really interesting. And I think it could go above that too, but I think the only chance it goes above, let's say, nine is Jaden Daniels or um, Garrett Nussmeyer ends up being, you know, a Heisman candidate. You know what I mean? Like ends up being someone who is uh, first team all SEC, second team all SEC. Like they just really come out and light it up because they're going to have the weapons to do it. And there are some parts of LSU that if you haven't really been paying attention, it's going to look really, really good. Like that that wide receiver room that LSU has is really, really good. That defensive line room that LSU has is really, really good. A lot of pros in those rooms. Um, and there's other rooms, too, that have – like the offensive line, I don't – you know, I, I wouldn't – I don't know if they'll be one of the best in the nation, but I would. Yeah. So you're probably, co- you're confident in the O line. I I kind of have questions about them again this year. I mean, I yeah, I, I have questions, but I think they'll be improved. Is my point not yeah. not that um, I, not that I'm comparing them to the wide receiver in the defensive line room, but I just think that there's talent across the roster that is um either really good, like I said, with wide receiver or defensive line, or, or it can be sneaky. But again, like all of these things, it takes time. Like it's it's gonna take time. The offensive line is gonna take time to look. Let's say how Notre Dame's offensive line look, which is something that you know uh, I know LSU fans are really excited. Man, he knows how to build an offensive line. Well, gonna you know Rome wasn't built in the day, and the offensive line isn't either. So no, uh, I I think you look. I think you're right with sort of floor and ceiling, and I, I'm kind of kind of feeling eight and four, maybe somewhere in that range. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the schedule sets up nicely in that the it's, it's more difficult on the back end, which, you know, when you're a team that's in transition, that's kind of a good thing. You get some time to work out some kinks. Doesn't guarantee you're going to win all the games. Perhaps you'd be favored in, but uh, you know, if you're coming out the gate with the games you're ending the season with, it could change when you're, when you're transitioning and you've got, a new coach and some new players, and you're trying to work some things out. And as you said, get your palate adjusted. Um, you know, not going up against the the most difficult part. You know, competition in college football. You know, it's a good thing because it can you know it can give you some confidence. And with confidence, maybe that accelerates 
how quickly you can get your palate adjusted as you used that metaphor earlier. And I, you know, last thing on LSU, I want to get your thoughts on Seth is the quarterback. He's playing coy, whatever. I, you know, many feel like it's going to be Jaden Daniels, but could we see some semblance of a two quarterback system? I don't mean 50, 50. I just mean what we might see at UL as well, which we'll transition to in a minute, but where both guys play, this Sunday against Florida State, and it's not because, you know, the game is lopsided one way or the other? I don't see it um, with LSU as much as I do with UL. But, um, I mean, it's it's not impossible. I mean, you know, Nuss, for example, like if Nuss is the starting quarterback, like Jaden is probably more athletic. I wouldn't say he's like – it's not by – because uh, Garrett is pretty – Athletic too, but Jay Daniels is. Uh, I mean, athletically, I mean, extremely. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. I mean, he's he's the better athlete, and so no like maybe there's a you know a, a package for Jaden in that in that situation. Which honestly, if I had to make a prediction, my thought would be that Jaden Daniels is the starter. That would be that would be my prediction, right? But like, I don't know that, and um, and I think that Garrett would be a worthy starter too. Right, like that's just again, that's me guessing. That's not no, not an official report. Don't run and say anything other than that's my prediction. But um, I just don't, I don't see that being the case. I kind of see it where um, whoever is the starter will go out there as the starter. Now, if that person, you know, has let's say three series of just um, not being able to move the ball. You know, maybe then see uh, the second person come in, but um, but otherwise, I don't think so. I think uh, if Jaden or Garrett gets the start, I think that you see them um, pretty much play the whole game. For the Cajuns, as we shift gears, there let's start with the quarterbacks. Chandler Field wins the starting job. It was the most covered aspect of this team over the last several months. And uh, it came to an end, but Coach Desimo said, you know, he, he, Ben Woldridge will play. And I asked him and Coach Leger, you know, about the specifics of it. And they, they hadn't had it mapped out exactly yet, but it's not going to be a feel of the game thing. It's, you know, they referenced 2018 with Nunez and Levi. They didn't say, look, it may not necessarily be every third or fourth series, right? But it's going to be something. And, you know, I, I've had some listeners email me and say, you know, is this a good idea? And they're just trying to please this guy. If they thought that this was going to hurt their chances of winning, they wouldn't do it. Uh, there is something to, you know, letting them get a bite of the po' boy when he's done everything right and, and when a competition, I guess, is that close. But I see both sides of it. You know, if a guy's in a good rhythm, then you're going to take him out. Like, it's – it's um, yeah. I, I I see both sides of it, and I think for Coach Desimo, he understands, you know, having been in a quarterback competition himself when he played, what it's like. But for Woldrich, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see him on Saturday at some point. It's not gonna be because the score is a certain thing. It's it's gonna be for his series at a point in the game. And you know, Coach said, look, if if he comes in, it's not gonna be because Chandler did something bad or. Or, you know, if Chandler does something really good, if it's his time, we're going to detail and map out exactly what that is. And we'll have a better idea of that, you know, come Saturday. But right now, they're not really saying anything. But what are your thoughts on 
not a see when you hear two quarterback system, people think, you know, 50 50. And that's that's just not the case. But I don't know. I don't know what phrase you would use to describe what we're at least going to see to start the season. Like, uh, if you're not going to use the term two quarterback system, you know what? What? What should we call it, Seth? Because it's not. You have a starter, but you're going to play the second guy, and it's not going to be because the starter's hurt or up big. You could call it one and a quarter back system. Yeah. Oh man, I wish but, uh, I wish I had that. Uh, oh, but you know, good. I mean, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. I think um, I, I'll be honest. When they did that in 2018, I didn't love it uh, at all. I didn't love the Andre Nunez, Levi Lewis, three series Andre, one series Levi. I mean, it worked. You know what I mean? Like you know, relative to what they were trying to do. And I mean, you know, that season went. They went seven and seven, but it was also a season where they were in the Sun Belt Championship game made a bowl game, like it was the right opening step, let's call it, for them, not to mention that it got Levi the experience that he needed to, like, move forward. Um, and then he just took off from there. But, like, no, I wasn't I wasn't really the biggest fan of it uh, then. And when it comes to now, I mean, it just depends, right? Because I will say that the thing that I wasn't the biggest fan of was that literally it was every fourth series and so because you know billy was like very big with analytics and so with that being every fourth series it didn't matter what time the fourth series came he was putting them in there and i won't forget that against ulm levi came into the game with like i don't know four minutes left five minutes left something like that like and with the game definitely in the balance at the very least, um, I can't remember if they were tied or if they were slightly up, but he threw a screen pass to Elijah Mitchell that went for a touchdown. But it's like, man, like, especially I think in the, in the first game, I mean, in the first half, Levi came in, the series didn't go well, and then the next drive, uh, Andre Nunez threw like a pick six or close to a pick six or something like that. And it's like, man, like from a rhythm perspective, when he had already gone down the field and scored three touchdowns, like it's like, man, like do you want to slow down? You know what I mean? Like do you want to slow down that rhythm? And so I'll be interested to see how they use it. I don't know. I could see it not being exactly like the way that that one was um, to what they said. Maybe it's not every third or fourth series, but they – plug them in here or there. Um, You know, and I think that it is – I liked your analogy about getting uh, a bite of the cold boy. I do think it's some of that. You know, the competition being as close as it was, it's not fair per se to him for him to not play at all. Uh, So they want to get him some action uh, out there. And and who knows, things can happen with injury and it's good to get action. But uh, but I'll also be just interested to see – how they do it. Cause if it's anything like 2018 where a guy maybe has a rhythm and they're just rolling and then you pull them just to get the other person, um, some snaps, like I'm just, look, I, you know, I don't, I don't know football better than them. I, I, I don't know football better than Billy. I can just speak from my own perspective. I just didn't love it at times, even if it ended up working. We'll see how it goes this year. Speaking of expectations, 
What is your expectation for UL this year? Riding a 13-game winning streak, the longest in Division One football. Um, and, you know, a lot of new faces, a lot of new... <laughs> I mean, yes, there is some continuity, right? You promoted Coach Des, I get it, but it's 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 a it's a new era in in a lot of ways as much as they want to say it's just continuing something and i know that's the goal you want to continue the trajectory upward but you've got enough new pieces in there where we can say there are we'll call it newish right a newish era if we're going to be you know we're going to be fair here there's, there's a lot of new things and i i think as coach des said look our guys are just tired of answering questions they're ready to answer them all in the field i mean they are they're like us at this point so they're just ready for this thing to kick off uh, what are your expectations for, for UL this season? Yeah, I think um, it's funny we were just talking about quarterback because I think when it comes – I mean, you could talk about most football teams, but I think especially at the group of five level, so many things hinge on quarterback play, right? Like, I mean, because I, I think this, this uh, UL team has a lot of talent you know, like across the board. And as much as people left, you know, when you talk about how many people graduated, when you talk about the people that have transferred, there's still a lot of talent left in the building. And I I think people are going to learn that as the season goes on. But again, you know, uh, how does Chandler play? You know, and and it never just hinges on him. It's it's everybody, but – um. You know, I just think back to, like, UL history and how things were going well with, um, like, obviously Blaine Goche was really good. Then Terrence Broadway steps in and, um, you know, it it goes to a different level uh, under HUD. And then when Broadway graduated and they needed to – when they had that quarterback competition, I, I don't remember the, the guys' names. I think I remember one of them. But um, I just remember it just went south, essentially, right? And I'm not saying that it was just that quarterback it was the reason why I went south, but, like, when you have a good quarterback at this level, uh, it can do wonders for you, right? Look at Coastal Carolina, for example, right, having somebody like Grayson. Like, they went from a – Oh, uh, they're okay programs. So, like, all of a sudden, they're one of the top in the Sun Belt. You know, in a in a team that you have to, uh, you have to strap up for for real. And so, um, I I think a lot of it hinges on that. To be honest, Scott is uh, how Chandler or how Ben plays this year. If they play well, if they play up to their capabilities, I think this is a double digit win team potentially. If um, if they are not um exactly what has been in the past uh you know if 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 QB played cuz that's the one thing Levi brought more than anything else was consistency he was like the picture of consistency and so if it's not as consistent um as it's been then it may be a little bit lower as far as the win total is concerned but um but i, I do know one thing there's a there's a lot of really good players to look forward to um, you know, we talk about wide receivers with LSU. That room might be just as deep <laughs> uh when it comes to, you know, one through whatever. Um that team that that wide receiver room is really deep for UL. The secondary is really, really good for UL when you talk about the safeties that are coming back, along with 
Eric Garrett at cornerback, and then Trey Amos at cornerback from New Iberia. And even linebacker, you lose two guys that have been such staples in Lorenzo McCaskill and Farai Gardner, and yet, like, uh, you're talking about two guys right behind them and Chris Moncrief and Jordan Quibido that, like, they've been right there, and they've been playing significant snaps uh, with those guys for the last few years. And so that room should be really good, too. And so, um, no, it, it's it's going to – I think it's going to be a good year, but um, how far they can go, how high it can go, I think that's going to hinge a lot on quarterback play. Seth Lewis, our guest from KTC-TV3, sports director at Seth Lewis, Inc. on Twitter. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. One more team to talk about with Seth, and that is the New Orleans Saints. Yes, their regular season doesn't kick off until a week from Sunday, but they uh, the roster trimmed down, the trade of Chauncey, and expectations. We'll get Seth's thoughts on that next right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Grave Scott Show on a Thursday. We've made it to September. Finally, Seth Lewis, our guest. One more segment with the sports director from KTC TV3. You know, Seth, I, I don't know if you are going to grill or anything on Labor Day, but a lot of folks in this country will. If you're, if you're having a Labor Day barbecue, what's like the number one must-have item for you on there? Oh, man. I'm having a barbecue. What's the number one must-have item? Labor Day barbecue. Man, probably uh, probably chicken, honestly. Chicken or burgers, you know, okay. as a barbecue. Um, man, I, I love a good uh, quarter, <laughs> uh, wing, something like that. But, um, but, I mean, also, like, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than a than a fresh burger off the grill when it's when it's done done right. So um, those those will probably be my my tops. Man, if if smoke it, just smoke some ribs, man. I will just I, I, a good smoke rib with the right dry rub. I'll just eat it all day. All yeah, day. yeah. I mean, the, ribs, could, ribs is a good one. It's just not. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, of more common. Yeah, you know, like you don't you don't get ribs at like every. Um, uh, barbecue that you go to, you know what I mean when you when you're when you're out. But grilling. they're gonna have burgers and hot dogs and maybe chicken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I can I can taste the I can taste the burger right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm getting hungry this morning on the airwaves. ESPN Lafayette, Seth Lewis, our guest. All right, we talked high school football. We talked LSU. We talked UL. Uh, Saints. I know it's been you know. Two days now, but uh, when they traded Chauncey Gardner Johnson, what's the first thing that went in your head? Oh man, I, I was surprised. Uh, honestly, I was I was pretty surprised that um, that he was going to get traded. Like I, I knew that they were in contract negotiations, but I didn't know that it was necessarily going to result in uh, him being moved. And I mean, I get it that room is deep, but. Um, but man, he just—he uh, was somebody that the city really embraced, and and he really embraced the city. You know what I mean? Like, like he just—he didn't give a you know what. And 
when it came to a lot of things and, and people in New Orleans just, they eat that up. And so um, that's a tough loss. Like It's not, he's not the best player on the team, but I mean, his value can't be understated as a, uh, as a nickel. Um, you know, he was really, really good. He, he even, you know, he got known first as being a pest, but like he was a really, really good pest. And so, um, you know, the Eagles got better. And um, I think the Saints will be fine, but um, emotionally, for fans, um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. ESPN Lafayette, Seth Lewis, our guest. You know, I, I said it just came down to a matter of trust, right? They didn't trust that he was going to not be a distraction. Without the contract, things got sour, and if they thought that he could play out the deal you know, the way other players have, and then hit the open market, then they wouldn't have traded him. It wasn't about compensation, and it, it, that that's that's not what the move was about. And the Saints on the field, you know, they didn't get better with that trade. That's the reality of the situation. But it was something, I guess, at the end of the day, they found it was to be untenable, or they didn't want to take the chance that it might be. And, you know, he's an unpredictable cat, but uh, he will be missed, and yet... You know, you've been doing this long enough, Seth. As soon as he um, starts bad-mouthing his former team, then, the, you know, the Saints fans that were pretty sad the other day will start turning on him pretty quick. Yeah, they will. <laughs> I mean, that's, I that's, that's, that's such his life, right? That's just, that's that's fandom, you know what I mean? That's fandom. That's fandom. Unfortunately. Uh, all right, uh, Seth is our guest. All right, let's, let's talk expectations. Now that we, we've, we've, look, I've been having this conversation for a while. I'm ready. I know that the NFL season doesn't kick off for another week, and that's only one game. And then, you know, a week from Sunday, most of the rest of that week, one slate, Saints Falcons being on it. But I've asked this question to a lot of people. And now I think we just, now that the Gardner Johnson trade is done, you know, they've made their moves, they've made the cuts, they've done all of that. Now you kind of have an idea of what they're going to look like completely to start the season. What is your expectation for the Saints? Because it seems in everyone I, that I talk to, there is a big difference between the national perception and expectation and the local perception and expectation. And I'm not just talking national media and fans. I'm talking national media and local media. It seems that locally the expectation is higher than what it is nationally. Whether it's, you know, I, I okay, Keyshawn Johnson said they go to the Super Bowl. He said a lot of stuff. But overall, when you look at the writers and pro football talk and all of that, and if you just look at the betting lines, I mean, they had better Super Bowl odds a year ago at this time than they do right now. No, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I do think they're going to have a good season. What With all of that, Seth, you're local. You follow this team closely. You cover them. What is Seth Lewis's expectation for the Saints this season? Yeah, I think especially when talking about a uh, a seventeen game season, uh, I I think they win double digit games. I think they win ten games this year, and I think that as long as he stays healthy, uh, I think Jameis is going to surprise some people. Um, I don't think he's going to surprise anyone locally because of his start to the season last year. But there's clearly still some people who look at him like Tampa Bay Jameis. And I, you know, we'll find out soon enough. But I, I have a feeling that that's not there anymore. Yeah, he'll take chances. Yeah, that there may be interceptions in, in, in games. But it, it won't be to that same level. 
and I think he's reined that in a little bit, not to mention that having the voice of Pete Carmichael um, still there is, is, is going to be really good for, for him and, and his learning. And, um, yeah, I think this team wins 10 wins. I think the absolute, like, the highest this team can go is Super Bowl. Like, you know, you can't say that every year, but um, I do believe that. But, I mean, it's also – to what you said, I, I think that it ends up being a good year. I don't know if it's quite Super Bowl, um, but I think that, you know, look, the 49ers were like three points away from the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. It was, they were like a drive away. Uh, they were probably a Jimmy G away from going to the Super Bowl last year. So, um, you know, and the Saints were, ironically, one stop of the 49ers away from being in the playoffs and being in that seventh seed. And so, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I think they win 10, 11 games. I think that they have a chance to win the division. I've heard more national talk about that, even though I think those people are people a little bit more tapped in in Louisiana, like a Ryan Clark, like a Marcus Spears. Like you, you kind of hear them saying, hey, don't sleep on the Saints. But, um, but I think they have a chance to win the division, even though it probably is Tampa that, that wins it even if the Saints beat them twice like they've been doing. Um, and I think they make the playoffs. And I think with a defense, with a defense like the Saints have, uh, defense travels. And that defense is still going to be really good, especially if either one of the defensive ends, the opposite of Cam Jordan, can stay healthy. <laughs> uh, I think Peyton Turner um, – you know, either one of them can can do some damage. Um, and so, yeah, I think that would be my prediction, though. I think 10-11 wins, make the playoffs, and then, you know, it's a new ball game from there. And I think Jameis looks really good in the process, too. Seth Lewis, give him a follow on Twitter, at Seth Lewis, Inc., if you're not already. Check out what he is doing over at KTC TV 3 He, Jamarcus, Megan, they got you covered with the sports on the TV locally all year long. He is the sports director over there. He is a friend of mine, friend of the program, and a friend of all. Appreciate you taking the time, man. I will uh, be seeing you out and around covering the teams and look forward to another football season, my friend. Yes, sir, Scott. Appreciate you, man. Talk to you, talk to you again soon.